Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in New York. I'm James Fontanella Khan. Today, we're taking a look at Dell's return to the public markets. In 2013, the computer company quit the Nasdaq in a controversial $24 billion buyout. But now, five years later, and after a fierce fight among some key shareholders, Michael Dell's technology company is set to list on the New York Stock Exchange. Our U.S. editor of the Lex column, Sujit Indat, talks to Amy Keane about what's bringing the company back to the public market and why some shareholders resisted the deal. Sujit starts with what prompted Michael Dell to take his company private just a few years ago. So Dell obviously was the famous uh, PC maker. Uh, Michael Dell started the company in the 80s when he was a college student in his dorm room at Texas. It was a hot company for a really long time, but say 10 years ago, you know, the PC became much less important. Smartphones were here, the the iPhone and the like. And so he ended up spending like $15 billion between 2010 and 2012 trying to turn Dell into a software company, a much broader tech company. The market hated that. It sent down his shares like 25% between 2010 and 2012. And around the same time, he had met this guy, Egon Durbin, who uh, was a private equity investor at a firm called Silver Lake, which is a Silicon Valley-based buyout firm, which is quite prominent, uh, both in Silicon Valley and in Wall Street and doing these buyouts. And they happen to be neighbors in Hawaii. And so they had the idea that they could take Dell private, buy out the public shareholders, and then reinvent this company in private. So through the course of 2013, they announced a deal. And by the end of 2013, they were able to take Dell private at a $24 billion valuation. It's very controversial. A bunch of shareholders protested because they thought Michael Dell was a CEO and he knew things that no one else did. And if he's buying, why should we be selling? But ultimately, they were able to push the deal through and Dell became a, a private company in late 2013. And so if you fast forward five years, Dell is going to be coming back to the public markets. What's changed? What happened over this period? Yeah. So the whole plan was to turn around and reinvent the company, which they did uh, very dramatically. Silver Lake is a private equity firm, and so they have investors who are pension funds and sovereign wealth funds and endowments who after five, seven, 10 years, want their money back. So it's natural for companies that go private like Dell to, to relist again. And so what they've done in the last five years is that they really did turn Dell into this like one-stop shop for corporate IT departments. So they bought uh, most prominently EMC, which is a tech data vendor for $67 billion. They offloaded divisions that uh, didn't fit anymore, and they've turned into this company that really can go up against Cisco and HP and IBM and companies like that. Sajid, in order for Dell to have the backing to list again, this time on the New York Stock Exchange, the company needed shareholder support. Can you walk us through what led to the vote that took place on Tuesday? The place to start with that is we have to go back to the EMC deal, which happened in 2016. EMC was a $67 billion company. Uh, Dell was big. Uh, It was perhaps... 30, 40 billion, maybe at the time, 25, something like that. It was private, so we don't actually know what the valuation was. But the point is, EMC was much bigger. And so to buy all of EMC, they offered their shareholders two things. They gave them $23 per share in cash, and they gave them a piece of paper called tracking stock to track another company called VMware. VMware was majority owned by EMC, uh, but it was also listed. So 80% of this company that was listed was owned by EMC. Dell couldn't afford to buy all of that for cash, and so they said, you know what, we'll give you this piece of paper called tracking stock in VMware, and it will reflect our interest in this company, VMware, and it should trade roughly in line with with VMware. And so 
this piece of tracking stock, which was publicly listed or traded called DVMT, was created and EMC shareholders got it. And for the last two years, it has traded uh, and has gone up quite a bit. The problem is it's always traded at a sharp discount to the pure VMware stock. Big Dell wanted to go public again. And so the way to do that was not a traditional IPO where they just go out and sell shares of Dell and people buy that in like an underwritten offering. What they wanted to do was take Dell shares, which are private, and then swap it with DVMT shareholders who would get the new Dell paper. And through that transaction, Dell would again be a public company. The problem was, how do you actually value DVMT? And that has been the fight for the last six months, let's say. Mm -hmm. It's been particularly contentious. Who are some of the key sort of people fighting? Yeah, it's interesting. DVMT is like this weird security. VMware uh, is hard to understand. So not surprisingly, its biggest investors have been hedge funds. So most prominently, Carl Icahn had a big stake. Elliott, the very uh, high profile hedge fund that gets in these kind of fights, was there. A bunch of other kind of brand name hedge funds were involved in this. So it was a fight really between for the last six months to figure out the terms of this reverse merger IPO between these big hedge funds and then Silver Lake. So Dell's had the benefit over these last few years of not having to answer to the public markets, not having to release quarterly earnings. How is it looking like it's going to trade? That's a great question. So Part of the fight that's gone on with this uh, VMware tracking stock called DVMT has been, there's really two issues around it. One, VMware, let's say, is a $150 per share company. The tracking stock is traded, say, around 100 or 105, so at a kind of 30, 40% discount. So the holders of that tracking stock, one, want to be made whole, sort of get a value that approaches that 150. The other half of the fight, and the more complicated fight, is a big portion of this deal is in this Dell stock, which is suddenly going to be public. How much is that worth? Since it's private, there's a big disagreement on how much that is worth. The Dell thinks it's worth quite a bit. The hedge funds have been skeptical. And so that was really the core kind of fight that just got resolved. They came up with a clever mechanism to sort that out. But if you look at the actual numbers and where Dell is going to trade, at least initially, the core Dell business is not going to trade at a very high multiple. And so Michael Dell, who was frustrated five years ago about his valuation, is probably going to be frustrated now again. And so the question is, do shareholders, public shareholders now, mutual funds and the like, do they kind of adopt his vision on how Dell is going to really compete in this new IT market that they've been remade and they're right up there with Cisco and Microsoft and the others? Uh, or is this going to be thought of as a slow growth business that has this corporate governance problem with this private equity firm who's still there and Michael Dell who have super voting shares who are going to take advantage of us? So the real question is now, hey, the public, they got this deal done. Are they going to get the benefit of the doubt or not? All right. Thank you, Sajit. Thank you, Amy. That was the U.S. editor of the Lex column, Sujit Inda. You can read more about the Dell story on FT.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another news feature. In the meantime, if you're not already an FT subscriber and you'd like to discover more FT journalism, visit FT.com slash offer. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.